0: Hey City Life Church, hey everyone, so glad uh, that we can be together again. Still missing every single one of you. Um, And this week, I I always normally say something like, I'm so glad you're here, I I hope that you've been well, and I honestly have not been praying for any of us to be well this past week, or in the last 10 days or so. You see... (laughs) This year so far has apparently been a year of interruptions, of of big things happening and us being interrupted, our lives being interrupted. And I've just been reflecting on that. And we interrupt ourselves only for things that are really important. And so, in this vision minute, I'm just calling for us as a church to interrupt ourselves for a little bit, to interrupt our normal habits, to interrupt our preaching series, and for us to focus on something that's really important right now. And it's that we have hurting brothers and sisters. For us to interrupt our lives, our routine as a church, and to recognize that there are people in our church body, in our family, who are uniquely hurting right now. You know, th- this week we've uh, uniquely seen the, the racial pain in our country. We've uniquely gotten a glimpse of the pain that our black brothers and sisters suffer on a daily basis. And as a church, we cannot just move past this, we cannot just ignore what's going on. We can't pretend like things are okay. I, I, in my marriage, um, there have been times, sadly to say, more than once, where Ann would be coming to me, uh, sometimes week after week or months she would be coming to me and telling me the same thing that she would be pleading her heart out that she would cry at times that she would try and get me to understand and i would always hear her and i would always give her my heart and i would understand what she's saying but then she would time after time i would get be hearing the same thing and I'm like, Anne, i like and i understand i got you i know what you're telling me it makes sense Uh, But my life never produced things up until that point that, that, that changed what she was talking about. And then time after time and after time, I thought I was understanding. And unbeknownst to me, I was blind. And then one day, usually I have no idea what made that day special, but one day she would come to me and talk, and my heart would just be opened, and it would break, and I would see what she was telling me about. It was like, it was like my heart actually for, was accessible again or that my eyes were like actually peeled black back and I saw what was happening and I would just be broken in that moment and be like, Ann, you've been telling me this for a long time. I, I just didn't, I don't know why I didn't see, but I didn't see or I didn't care or I just didn't, I just didn't get it. And in this moment, I finally understood what I was being told. And I think our country is experiencing that right now. A couple weeks ago, we talked about chirotic moments. I really believe that we're in a chirotic moment in our country as a society. And we're starting to get a glimpse of what we've been seeing and hearing for a long time. For generations, generation after generation after generation. We've been told and we've seen it for ourselves, and we didn't always care to do anything about it. And so, church, to us, to me, we have, we have to catch up with what's happening. We have to catch up with the pains of our brothers and sisters, and that leads us to, to one place, and it's a place of repentance, now, in, in this vision minute for us to say that we are a church after God, that we are uh, seeking after what he has for us in our, in our own families, we have to repent. And so City Life as a church, I pray that we start a, rep, a movement of repentance for ourselves right this week and over the course of at least this week and next week. But we're making plans that we would first start repenting to God for not caring about the pains of creation. Repent, because every time we don't love and don't go after justice and don't fight for our brothers and sisters, we are desecrating God's creation and his love for all things that he made. So, God, please move in us a heart of repentance to repent to you for just not doing enough for all of the ways that we organize your love out of our lives, out of our relationships, out of your creation, Lord, uh, please move our hearts deeply to repent to you. Secondly, we repent to our black brothers and sisters, and we ask for your forgiveness. I really do believe that the conversation for the church needs to start in repentance. Repentance. We say that we're sorry for not listening and not actively moving to understand. We're sorry for not championing for you and on your behalf against all the injustice that is faced daily. We're sorry for looking out for ourselves, no matter what background or ethnicity we come from. We're sorry for looking out for ourselves or only understanding through our lens. And and, and we say this, we pick up these stances. We say that as a church, as a City Life Church, we will listen. We'll listen to your story. We'll listen with our hearts. We will be there for you in all the ways that you ask us to be. We won't assume we know what you need or want, but we will listen to you and do as we're asked. And that will also be about your healing and about being healing to bring God's healing to our city. Those are the things that we hold ourselves to. Me personally, as, as a friend and as a pastor, I've also been f- feeling the, the call to repent. No, to repent for not putting this fight in our face the whole time. I, I, I repent for letting my own racial wounds get in the way of pursuing the gospel completely with our church. As a church and as the as part of the leadership of this church as We, we just declare that our church will stand up for you and that we want to hear your story when you want to share them. That we will fight oppression with you, for you and for our city. That our church will, will listen to other church leaders of different backgrounds in our city and go after what God is doing together and in unity with our city. Though. Church, we will stay awake to this injustice, to this evil, and that we won't go back to sleep. I, I, I love how God calls us to belong to one body, that we are one body. First Corinthians 12 reminds us that when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. And when one part of the body gets honor, we all rejoice. And so City life. If one of us is hurting, if a whole group of us are hurting, we are all hurting. We hurt with you. We stand next to you. Because we will only ever receive honor when we are all honored in the way that God intended us to be. And so City Life Church, we pray for a movement of repentance in our church. For us to start taking seriously our responsibility to one another and to fight for justice every where that we go, everywhere that God is calling us to go in our city. And so we're going to be preaching about this right after this, but I wanted to start with this vision minute because we need to repent, church. I need to repent. We need to say sorry, and we need to pick up the call. We've been called to find home, to encounter Jesus, and pursue gospel change here in our city. So let's do that honestly with all of our hearts, with all of the passions, with all of the extent to which the gospel speak to in our world. This is how our church is going to respond. This is how we know we're going to respond to what we've seen and over the course of the last couple of days. First is that we're going to preach. We're going to continue to preach about injustice. We're going to continue to preach about the love that God has and how he brings about redemption we're going to use the pulpit to speak God's truth into every, to all of our hearts that God has made every single one of us and that he loves everyone and that he calls for justice to reign in the church and for the church to bring about that justice When COVID uh, first started and we had to move digitally, we scrambled and we moved and we created spaces to talk and to be with one another. And we want to continue doing that now for our brothers and sisters who are hurting and for all of us coping and having these deep discussions. And so prayer prayer calls remain one of the most vulnerable places that we have in our church. If you need to process this, come on this prayer call. Prayer is the primary work of anyone who confesses Jesus as Lord. It's the first thing that we do. It's not the last thing that we do. And so join us on Monday at, at, eight, Monday at 8, Wednesday at noon, Friday at 7.30 in the morning. Come and join us and pray with us. The link to the call is on our website. It's on our COVID web, uh, webpage. Join the call. Come and pray with us. Come and process all our emotions and our hearts and our feelings we we'll bring it before God. Every time we pray together, God does something magical, something profound. And so come and pray with us, church. We want to be praying together. And then lastly, on Monday, this coming Monday, June 8th, at 5 o'clock at Barry Lane Park, the churches in Jersey City are coming together to have a rally around prayer, praise, and policy change. This event is being put together and held by a collection of different churches of different backgrounds with different leaders and different voices. And we are partnering together to say, hey, God has something to say about this here in Jersey City. He has gospel change to bring into Jersey City. And so on Monday, we're going to get together and we're going to pray. Now, I know I want to remind us that we are still in this pandemic, you know, all over the country. Protests and rallies have been held. Over 430 cities or places have registered uh, some kind of demonstration. And with that, we know that we have to be cautious. Now, we are. If we didn't believe in this as much as we do, we wouldn't even have brought this up. But we cannot afford to miss what God is doing in the church in Jersey City. We cannot afford to not be a part of this in some way. And so we, I just, as a pastor, full of love for every single one of you, just want to put it out there to invite us to this, but to say, hey, there is no shame and there's no pressure for you to be here. If you feel that God is telling you that staying home is a wiser decision for you, you will find no shame or pressure from any single one of us. Me personally, I will be there, but even my wife and my son are staying home. And so Church, we need to be, as a, as a whole body, we need to be a part of this. But pray and use your discretion, use your wisdom. Our church will be represented there. We will be a part of this movement to bring policy change and ju- more justice into our city. But we wanted to invite, we wanted to say that, hey, our church, we cannot miss this. This is too important and it affects too many lives, too many of our friends for us to just ignore this. You can find out uh, all of the information on on the Facebook page for the Jersey City Pastors United. It's all there. It's happening this Monday at 5 p.m. at Berry Lane Park. We again, no shame, no condemnation. You will not find that here. But church, let's be a part of building God's kingdom here in our city as we search as a whole city to see what God is telling us to do i'm really excited about this and i can't wait to see what comes out of this season for our city and so thank you and so let me pray for us really quick before we enter into today's word jesus lord thank you for opening our eyes to the pains that our friends and loved ones go through Lord, I pray that you would help us to repent of our inaction or not caring or whatever it is that caused us from being serious about this. Lord, help us to know where to go. Help us to turn around. The biblical picture of repentance is that we're walking down one road and we see that we're wrong. We turn around and we go in the other direction. So, Lord, help us to do that. Help us to affirm every single person, whoever comes into our doors, that they are loved, that they belong to you, that the kingdom of darkness hates them, and that you love them and created them with a purpose. And so, Lord, help us to stand up for all of the injustice in our city. Help us to see and have hearts that are open and beating for one another, Lord, and for you and your justice and your mercy and your grace. Lord, we repent. We begin the process of repenting now. Help us to know what specifically to repent for, Lord. We want to pursue you. We want to pursue what you have for us. So, Lord, I
1: pray all of this in Jesus's precious name. Amen. Good morning, City Life. My name is Cillian Pierrette, and I'm here with a scripture reading for today. A reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 12 through 17. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables and the money changers and the seat of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be a house called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, They were indignant, and they said to him, do you hear what these say? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? And leaving them, he went out of the city of Bethany and lodged there. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: All right, welcome back, church. I'm glad that we get to share in the word together. Cillian, thank you so much for reading it for us. If, if Church, if you don't know Cillianne, get to know her because she is one of the most honest Christians that I've ever met. And Cillianne, we love you. And to be honest, I, this week has been one of the hardest weeks for me to prepare. It has been one of the weeks where I have just utterly felt so much confusion and so much sadness and such a burden for our church and our people and the people that I love it's such a burden for what's going on in our country and what we see happening all over this country of ours and honestly I feel so unprepared to preach a sermon responding to what we're seeing because to me in my life race has been probably one of has been one of the most painful parts of my life This week, I've realized that it's still an open wound in in my heart It's because to me, race has never made sense. It has never made sense to me to have that be a factor in my mind about another person. It's never made sense to me. My mom kept told me of a story and I've never forgotten it of how when I was younger, I would go to her and I would ask her to change my name from From Pedro to Peter, because for some reason, Pedro just got me made fun of all the time, and I I never understood why. I didn't understand why the kid who lived right next door to me in college was my friend, and then one day he thought I did something to him, which I didn't, and he called me a spick. And I just never understood how people could have this in their back pocket and say, Hey, I'm okay with you up until this one point. I just never understood why race mattered so much and even thinking about all of the, <laughs> the things that i will never fully understand i know i'll never understand what it feels like what it's like to live a life for someone who doesn't look like me I- i'll never understand what it what it's like to live life as someone who's black in this country I- i'll never understand any other race who lives in this country or in this world i'll never understand what it's like to be a woman and and the struggles that women have that men don't i'll never know a lot of things about life but the one thing that i just keep on coming back to the one hope that we all have is that you know what i might not know we might not know but we belong to someone who does like our god is the one who created all things And he knows what it's like to fight injustice. That God alone is uniquely the one who is the only one who brings life into all of the hopeless situations. our, Our singular thought for today is to talk about how God always fights injustice. That no matter the injustice, no matter what form it's taking no matter who it's affecting no matter the time or the year or the age no matter all of these things god has always opposed oppression injustice cruelty prejudice because his very nature is the exact opposite of all of those That that god is love and that even with the church even with us when we are missing it when we have Not caught up to him and his standard. That's not a reference on him, but on us. Because God is love, and God is always fighting oppression and injustice. And today we're reading again. We just read a couple weeks ago, but we're reading again about what Jesus did in the temple. And I thank God for this story. I thank God that Jesus was our Savior who did this at the temple. Who was always fighting injustice. So let's pray so that we can go forward, we can address this great God that we have and, and the love and the justice that he brings to the entire world. We're going to be spending the, ne- the next couple of weeks addressing what God has to say about injustice. Today we're starting with this bigger view and then we're going to go in and see what it is that he's calling us to be about. And so let's pray so that we enter into this mini-series together of one heart and one unity because because there are people around us hurting and we need to be the church that God is calling us to be. And so Jesus, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time. We allow you to interrupt our lives whenever it is that you need us to understand something. Jesus, I, I pray that you would embolden us to see your heart for all people, for all of creation and to passionately chase your justice and your mercy and your grace Lord move in our body today move us towards repentance so that we can be a church body that fights for your justice as passionately as you did on this day Lord we love you and we trust you and we ask that you be with us please give us a new heart within all of this Lord one that thirsts and hungers for you and your justice Lord be with us today. Be with us in this word. We love you, and in Jesus' name, amen. We actually read this story. I preached on this story a couple weeks ago, and I, I felt strongly for us to come back to this story because we already had that foundation that we could tackle it a little bit more deeply, talk about it from a little bit of a different perspective to cover more things about this story. And remember that at this point in Jesus' ministry, the end was coming. Jesus was marching toward, defiantly marching towards the cross at a fast rate of speed. And then he goes to the temple on this day and he speeds it up even a little bit more. And we see here that, that Jesus feels some sort of way about the, about the way that Israel had been treating his, his father's home, the temple. He feels a certain type of way and it ignites something in him that we don't see very often in scripture, but it ignited something in him that day that showed us a beautiful part about God's heart. And so let's talk about the first thing about this and we're about God's anger at injustice. Let's read verses 12 and 13 again. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And so a couple of weeks ago, we read from the Mark translation, but this this week we're reading it from the Matthew translation. And here we see this Jesus again, who is determined to face the cross. Who's determined and that every day that he has before the cross, he is gonna be doing something uh, bold for God and bold for the kingdom and stand up against all the injustice and all of the ways that Israel had just missed the mark and missed God's heart, or who or have through religion explained away God's calling. You see, Jesus had been here at the temple before. He had been here before, and he had never demonstrated like this. But then all of a sudden, on this day, something came out of him, this anger that rose out, this indignation against the sin that he saw. And that we talked a couple weeks about how Jesus wasn't just hangry on this day. Remember, he cursed the tree before this. Uh, And then he went to the temple and he started doing this. In the Gospel of John, it says that he created a whip and he was whipping people over. But that he was overturning the seats of those who sold pigeons and tables. And he was throwing around money and all those who sold the doves. He was just disrupting everything. And that this anger (laughs) that came out of Jesus was a holy thing was a God-given thing, was the best thing that Jesus could have done on this day. You know, anger is something that we struggle with a lot because for us, anger, it's really hard to be angry and to do the right thing. It's really hard for us to do that as people. Not many of us can do what the Bible says about being in our anger, don't sin. Because a lot of us, we usually sin the moment we become angry but this is not the case with Jesus the anger that comes out of Jesus here is a holy thing and I read this really interesting quote in one of my commentaries this week in describing anger and, and what it can do to us it says this when, when addressing anger it says this assault may stop at cherishing ill will or break out in verbal or physical violence or in the object of our anger is also an object of our love. It may issue in tragic, frustrated distress at the good that has been lost and the harm that has been done. And if we, already, if we are already committed to serve God and others, anger might teach us to be more careful in the future. So anger may be righteous or unrighteous, justified or unwarranted, virtuous or vicious, constructive or destructive in, itself, in its effects, depending on what one is angry at, and the one's own prior character and commitments. The biblical writers view anger, human and divine, with this frame of understanding throughout. See God, we belong, and we have, we're made by a God who gets angry at injustice. Here, when he go, when Jesus goes to his Father's house, we see that there, that we have turned God's house into profit, and to a place of profit. Here, I love this quote that he brings out: "My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers." How many times in this world, or in this life? do we not only just do the wrong thing, but we, do the, we bring the wrong thing into our faith or we spiritualize it away. And instead of going out and doing these bad things, we actually bring all the bad things and we hide it out in this place that belongs to God. You see, they, they turned God's house, they weren't sinning outside of God's house, but they brought that sin inside of God's house and hid behind what God had told them to do. A den of robber implies that it's it's you've made God's home into your hideout. And so you're actually using God's house to sin. And how many times in, in this world do we encounter that? That the, the places that are supposed to be the places that we run to and escape to are in our lives. And we just miss the point. How we don't go to God for a prayer. That we build all these things around God or around his house. Instead of going to him and saying, God, God you feel some type of way. We see here in the story, Jesus, you felt some type of way against causing the Gentiles not to have a place to worship you. Or not to allow the women to worship in this part of the temple. You see, this part of the temple was where Gentiles and where women were supposed to meet with God. We're supposed to have God's presence here on earth in this place and they turned it into their place for profit. So I love that God blow, Jesus blew up all over this this part of the temple that he did not allow our improper use of God to win that day. See so today. Like, I pray that God creates an anger in us, a holy anger, a justified anger, an anger that comes from him whenever we experience injustice, whenever we see it, either in our own lives or in the lives of our brothers or the lives of the people who don't know him. I I, I feel, and I've been coming to realize that maybe, maybe it's not an issue of us being angry, we might find that one day we haven't been angry enough at the things that we see in this world. I see what came out of my heart when all of this started to happen. When I, when I watched the video of George Floyd being killed. When I saw all the protests. I was not angry for the right reasons. Lord, I pray that you would move your church to be angry for all of the right reasons. It's our job to manage that anger, to do, to bring it and submit it to God. But oh, I pray that injustice in this world makes us as angry as it made Jesus this day. See, I, I love how God's anger against injustice in, is interwoven into every part of this holy book. And that you can't read very long without God using words like He's that he's indignant at sin that he hates and that it causes him, his wrath to come out. But I also love how God's beauty comes out through a lot of when he is just not okay with anger. Next week, we're going to be talking about a, a famous passage that addresses justice. Micah 6, 8. I, I encourage all of us to spend some time there this week. Micah 6, 8 says, He has told you, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Church, in this season of repentance, in this act of repentance, let's pray that God would show us how it is that we have to pursue his justice here in our city and for our country and for our brothers and sisters. I, I love that Jesus went crazy when wild man Jesus like we talk about from time to time all over this temple because when when Jesus is around injustice he brings healing every time and so let's talk about our our second and last point of the day Jesus heals injustice one of the things about Matthew's account of this story that I find that is really unique and I find absolutely beautiful comes in the rest of the account of this story Let's let's read it, starting with verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies... You have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. You see? I love how Matthew's account of this story captures Jesus' anger for injustice. But, like we know about our God, God never stays there and He's never unjust in His anger. But whenever God riles Himself up against injustice, against all the wrong things that we see in life, against all of the sin, the end, the product that comes out of it is healing. It's His mighty work with whoever is present. Here, when Jesus stands up against the injustice that He sees in the temple, against how poorly we use God's house and God's presence, how we try and how we might want to monetize God or go at God or use Him. When Jesus rises up, the thing that comes out of this is that the blind and the lame come to Him and they're healed. Is that God's temple actually starts to do the things that it was always meant to do. And that when the blind are brought to him, they see. And when the, when the lame are brought to them, they're made strong. And I love this. I love this church. When God riles himself to anger against injustice, things happen. I, I, I love this in contrast also with when John the Baptist sent his disciples to ask Jesus if Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus said, look around and what do you see? And over and over and over again, we see that people around Jesus were restored and were healed and were brought back. Think about the demoniac, the the man with the legion of demons, and how he was just crazy. He lived in the graves. He was out of his mind. The, The Greek word there talks about how he was insane. It literally means insane. And at the end of the story, we see that this man, it describes him, he's just sitting there in his right mind, talking to Jesus. This is what God brings. This is what only God can do. is that he restores order and sanity and gives, gives, restores the love that everyone is owed. I love how Jesus' anger makes room for actual healing to come. I love how in this passage we see that the anger that Jesus brought brought something good, but then how here later on it says that the chief priests and the scribes saw this and how their anger did nothing. Their anger caused them to miss Jesus and what he was doing and miss his life and miss his death and miss his resurrection. See, we're we're not going to be able to give this last section here the justice that it deserves, I know that today I I feel kind of chaotic. I feel kind of out of the place. But it's just because this is so important. And and we need to get on the right path. We need to interrupt ourselves and allow God to give us the room to make sense of all of this. I love how he talks about how even the infants and the nursing babes are are crying out. And the chief priests and the scribes are saying, do you hear what they're saying? And it's because when God does stuff against injustice... We need to cry out. We need to thank him for what he's doing. That even the most innocent ones of us cry out. Even the, the ones of us who have no, uh, nothing holding us back from worship, we cry out when we see that Jesus has done something good. City Life, we are God's church because only God can do anything good out of this season. God is love and he is working this out and he is calling us as a church to do something about this injustice. To do something about the world that we find ourselves in. And to be a part of lifting oppression. To be a part of justice and doing good and kindness and love. To put on God's armor and go out there and bring God's justice even though the world does not want it. And even though the kingdom of darkness does not want it, we bring God's justice, and that's what we're called to. And so let's just conclude with this. Let's conclude reading a small portion from Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three says this, starting in verse nine. The Lord is not slow to fulfil his promises, as some count slowness. But is patient towards you Not wishing that any should perish But that all should reach repentance But the day of the Lord will come like a thief And then the heavens will pass away like a roar And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed Church, it is a biblical truth It is a truth that God shares to us But it is a good thing that he is not slow to anger. In the portions of scripture that we see that his anger comes up, it is right and it is justified and it is loving for us that he does so. Because when he does so, life actually comes. When he moves oppression, when he moves the kingdom of darkness, when he even moves our hearts towards repentance, that's where we find life. I love this idea of always working towards repentance. City Life, we need to enter into this season of repentance. We need to focus on this in our MC calls right after this. We need to allow God to move us towards a place of repentance. That is our main assignment for this day, for our Sunday today. We need to repent. We need to repent for all of the ways that our church has missed it, that we have missed it, that I've missed it, that my heart hasn't been about God's justice all of the time. And we do this because we know that one day His justice will come and everything will be exposed. And we want, we don't want people, we are called to not let people be found without repentance in their life. And so church, we are going to pray in a moment about this repentance. But I want to remind us that we have to be about bringing God's justice here to Jersey City. That Jersey City is the place that God has called us to act. And remind us that God is always fighting against injustice. And so we have to be a part of that work too. And so, church, we in this season are going to be listening to our neighbors. We're going to be listening to the other churches in our city And we're going to go and bring God's justice in whatever way that he's calling us to do for our neighbors, for our family members, for our friends, for everyone that we love and all the people we don't know yet, all the people who don't know Christ yet. But we start today with repentance, to give God the room in our life, in our heart, to bring his life, to do something good to open up our eyes like he did in the temple, to make us strong, to be able to walk after him like he did at the temple on this day. I know this sermon is much different than what we go about it normally, but God, I, I, Jesus, I thank you that you are not okay with injustice, that you are not okay when we uh, abuse your presence or we don't take you seriously, or we're not going after you all as hard as we need to be. And so, church, I want to pray a prayer of repentance right now. And I want us to, I want to call us to go and and talk about this in our MC calls. That when we repent, we make room for God to change our hearts and to move us to where we need to be going. And it could be as simple as this Jesus, I realize how in my heart I've missed it. Lord, I I realize how I have not been fighting for justice, that it was something that you gave me a long time ago to do, and I and I set it down, and I haven't been back to it yet, Lord. Uh, I repent from this, and I turn around and I pick up this call again. We pick this up as your church, to be about bringing your reign into Jersey City. Lord, we we pray for all of our black brothers and sisters, all of our brothers and sisters who do not experience exactly what we always experience, Lord, who have injustice in their life, who are systematically oppressed, Lord. We stand next to them and we ask for you to put us on the right path, to lead us to where we need to go, to be about bringing your kingdom and your freedom in all of our lives, Lord, I love you. Help us to know where to go. Be with us. Move our hearts. I pray all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, church, here are our prompt questions for our groups. The first one, we only have two this week. The first one is simple it's hard, it's hard heart work, but it's a simple question. How is God calling you to repent? How is he moving in your heart? What, are, what do you have to apologize for and turn around and take seriously in our life? Let's not fall asleep to the injustice that we see going on around us, but let's be people who are awake and chasing after what he has for us in every season. Prompt number two, what does God need to heal in Jersey City? Let's go to him and ask him, hey, what is it about the place that you've put us all in, about our home, and what is it that we need to bring about healing here for our city for our neighbors city life i love you i pray that uh this is not a time for comfort but it's a time to move us to be passionate about the things that god is passionate next week we're going to be diving into this a little bit more concretely a little more detailed and so let's come back let's talk about what justice means but for now pray for one another reach out to one another let's love one another and be the body that, on, that we can only be with God's help.
1: I love you. We'll see you next week. Thank you.